Welcome to the Wedding Sassholes, your no BS wedding business podcast. We're here to real talk you through the common F-ups we see companies making and the practical strategies you can implement today. This week, our topic is getting your marketing return on investment, aka ROI. ROI. In this episode, <laughs> we are sitting down to make sense of the numbers so you can enhance your marketing strategy. Learning from Taylor Hallman with NG, a marketing software built and designed specially for small businesses. We're your hosts. I'm Shannon Tarrant. I'm Vanessa Negrom. And welcome to The Shit Show. Episode 50 of the Wedding Sassholes. <laughs> I can see your face. I know that you're making <laughs> yeah, a face Every time. So bad. Oh, my Lord. I love it. I love it. Oh, well, we are very excited for today's episode. It's a hot topic that we, I bring up all the time as someone who owns a wedding directory and an opportunity to help our members market their business. One of my largest frustrations is that they don't really track the things. And so I'm so excited and a warm sasshole. Welcome to Taylor. Welcome Taylor to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Can I just say that was that is hands down my favorite podcast intro <laughs> I have ever heard. The bar is high, very oh. high for anyone who's thinking about starting a podcast. I'm I'm rethinking my whole existence as a podcaster now. <laughs> like I gotta I gotta step my shit up. I know we we like to have a good old time over here. I was very, you know, Taylor's one of those people. You guys know that I speak at a lot of the conferences and things like that. And we have a very strong speaker educator circle. And sometimes we know of each other and we don't oh, like we're running by each other. And I'm like, you hear the name multiple times and you're like, I know I should do something with that, but I have all these other irons and fires. And I have never, I think Taylor's going to be my new favorite because we got to connect and we're like 36 seconds at Wedding MBA, but got to sit down and connect. And so I was excited to connect her to Vanessa and bring her to you guys today. Yeah, I am. So there's so many, there's too many opportunities where you're like orbiting someone mm -hmm. and you just need some outside force to make those two objects collide. And, but a lot of times so, when you guys, when you guys are at speaking events, you're usually speaking roughly around the same time so uh -huh. it's like well I really want to go see them but oh I'm at the same time or directly after and I need to be there early mm -hmm. yep. all right. so it so, happened it does it happens but we're here and we don't do interviews like normal podcasts we do switch it up we like to shove everything all the nuggets and get all the information out of you in the shortest amount of time so at the end we will ask you for all that information of how do we contact you and let's work with you but let's just dive right in so I like to do the the questions like I play stupid and I'm just an idiot. So I like you to like break it down, keep it simple, stupid kind of thing. So what is an ROI? What is this? What is this Roy? We thing? hear it. We hear it a lot, but it's like, I, so I said ROAS today and somebody looked at me like I was crazy and I was like, Oh God. Okay. We'll go back. So Taylor, what does ROI mean? Yeah. Let's who is Roy? I like that. Yeah, <laughs> who, is it? who is this Roy? Who is, who is this guy? guy? And why does everyone Keep bringing them up. Uh, so ROI is return on investment. And so really all you need to think about that scary acronym as is if you put X number of dollars out, how many Y number of dollars are you getting back from that? Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, hopefully 
you are not putting $100 into something and making $50 back. That would be a bad ROI. Even putting $100 into something and just getting $100 back, not super helpful for your business in the long run. So really the goal when any marketer or any business owner is talking about ROI is you put $100 into something and you get 500 back or 1000 back. And that's where you're starting to really like hit the money. How do you judge that? Oh, God. How do you judge when you're starting to hit the money? Oh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) That is a loaded question. Uh So, you know, it's different because it's loaded because it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the metrics that pairs very well with ROI that nobody is tracking is their cost to acquire a customer. And so knowing how many marketing dollars need to go out the door in order for you to acquire one new paying customer is that number that no one chases for some reason in, in tech. I mean, it's, it's CAC. So it's CAC, you know, it sounds like a New Yorker. I love a good CAC. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so in tech, everyone like like packing up a hairball. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I can think of. I'm sorry. I love it. But, you know, in tech, it's one of the the KPIs, which is key performance indicators that most software companies track, right? Uh, Because that is kind of the, the marketing formula that we're all chasing, right? We want to come up with some sort of way to know that if we do this set of things that were guaranteed, finger quote, because nothing is guaranteed in life, guaranteed to get or expect, can expect to get something in return. And so on the marketing side of things, you need to understand how much in time, money, effort, resources does it cost you in order to win business? And so to me, those two metrics go hand in hand. And they influence one another, right? So if your cost to acquire a new customer is, you know, you need to spend about $500 in marketing, then you can start making educated expectations about the, t- the kind of ROI you want to see. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes, especially we'll talk to the new businesses starting out, you know, a lot of times they are putting the time, energy and effort into things because they have more time. So maybe they're using free channels in a different way. You know, they're going really heavy and hard into social media and Facebook groups and things that are like cheaper or free opportunities. And so it's a little bit harder, I think, to track ROI when there isn't exact, like it's a time investment over a dollar investment, right? Like, Is there anything that you can suggest? Like, how do you look at that through a different lens? Yeah, you know, your time is worth money. Mm -hmm. And it's so cliche. And also time is money, money is power, power is pizza. For those of you who get that. (laughs) But if you aren't spending actual dollars on your marketing, you need to assign a dollar amount to your time. And then you track your time And then you can do this calculation to understand what your marketing is costing you, even if you're not spending cash money. Even if you're not paying for the 
listing on the directory or if you're not paying for the table at a booth, if you're volunteering to do an event or you're there just with your services, that's still, you got to track that. It's still money. Yeah, and I think you're there. That's part of the problem. Like as much as I love the wedding industry, there's so many creatives who weren't accountants or math specialist people who got into this industry. And so, you know, creating the content is great, but tracking the statistics and the numbers and the percentages, you know, it's, I, after being in the industry 20 years, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm still very shocked when people have no idea of the cost per lead or a venue I'll be working with will say, oh, I'm canceling the not a wedding where I have so many garbage leads and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how many did you convert last year versus how much you spend? I'm like, well, you had an 18% conversion. Why would you cancel that? Like, and it just is because all they're seeing is the dollars out. They don't like, they're not looking at the numbers. Data doesn't lie. It doesn't lie. And the fact of the matter is, is people are just lazy. Yeah, that's why they don't. They're they're lazy. I said that with all the love, all the soft kid, soft kid glove. Hands. We don't really kid glove around here, so you're. <laughs> no, fine. we tell people. We, we tell people to. <laughs> no, we we always say, uh, "Cover your belly button." That's what we say. I'm coming here. for the soft spots. <laughs> we're Let's coming go. for yeah. it. Cover the belly button. We're ripping the bandaid off, yeah. kids. Like no. there we okay. go. So okay. no, no so, kid gloves around here. Mm-mm. Okay, kid gloves are off. <laughs> Most people are too too goddamn lazy to figure oh, it yes. out do the simple math. And also on the other side of things, there's this emotional like state of denial that people put themselves in because the numbers can be scary and the numbers 100% could contradict strong feelings that you have about something. Yeah. But when you're trying to make smart business decisions, fuck your feelings you have to look at the numbers. Yeah. And it's when you're seeing companies in our industry, they're scaling and they're growing and all of that. These are not people who don't read their numbers. Like, correct. I mean, that that is that is a piece and part of growth and scaling is you have to know and understand where every penny is spent. Um, I was at a conference and somebody said to me last week, they were like, if you are not super active on Instagram to grow your coaching business, you'll fail. And I was like, mm. and so I sat there and just was like, uh, and I must have rolled my eyes or made a face. And we were in small groups and they were like, what do you they were like, what? And I was like, well, I mean, I believe in the power of funnels and I do think that there's a lot of success from that platform, but I don't really do any of that. And it's grown tenfold. Like, so you have to really have the time, you know, whether it's like you said, time in my world is dollars and me answering DMs for that piece of my life is not where the time is best spent. And so you, but you have to have the data. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that people don't track very well is understanding where their leads are coming from, mm-hmm. right? Where their actual booked clients are coming from. And this this metric answers the question that I know everyone asks themselves, at least, like, where is my time best spent on the marketing mm-hmm. side of things? Mm-hmm. And so if you just do this very simple track how many leads and how many booked clients you're getting by your marketing channel or lead source, you're going to have the answer. And again, it takes emotion out of trying to figure out where you should be looking. 
So for our lazy ass friends out there who haven't done this yet, what, where would you suggest they start? Where should they collect the numbers? And should they be putting this into a spreadsheet? Should they be putting this into a program? Let's give them like a how-to of like where to start because we do know that some people track none of this. And then the other part is not asking, but like just a suggestion is like, they try to grow their business because they think they're so busy. But then when they actually look at the numbers, they don't have enough in there to actually grow. They just think, well, we already have all these people, but like that, like you said, the return on investment, it's like, it's not there yet. So where do they start? What's like the, where do you think they should be tracking and where do they get these numbers from? Yeah. So, you know, most people should not, well, the, let me take this a half step back. The moral of the story is don't bite off more than you can chew right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of the moral across the board with all things business related. And so I want to discourage anyone from going like, oh, I'm going to track 35 metrics so that I have this full 360 view of my business. Because guess what? You're going to overwhelm yourself and you're just going to like, it's going to die just like everything else. So don't do that. For the most part, I think starting with somewhere between six, maybe a dozen if you want to be an overachiever, it's a good place to start. And to be generic about it, you want to pick metrics that help you understand the health of your business and the impact of your marketing, right? Because that's the cross-sectional look that you want to have into this organization that you're trying to build. Then once you come up with those metrics that you want to track, the good old-fashioned way is with a spreadsheet. You know, like your KPIs running down the leftmost column and then you have your months running across the rows at the top, and then you just start plugging in all of your information. And that's how I used to do it. But basically basically what happens is if you're not an Excel whiz, right? If you're like Taylor and all you can do is highlight some cells to get a sum, then the more information you put into this spreadsheet, the less it tells you because you have no way of organizing the information outside of just chronologically, like this is January, February, March, right? You can't see the patterns. So for those of you who are great at formulas in Excel, have at it, like if that's where you're comfortable. For the rest of us, there hasn't been a really great program to do it. Uh, Until now. Until, shameless plug, um, but seriously, until NG, because I know that, Small business owners are not Excel whizzes, right? There's yeah. there's just too many things we're responsible for, for us to like spend a week figuring all of this out. And so all you have to do in NG is drop in your numbers into a cell like you would a spreadsheet and NG automatically creates the charts for you. So you have this really great visual, visualization of your numbers. And that's a really effective way for humans in general to take in information right? Like we understand Mm -hmm. graphics a lot faster than we understand things that we have to read and comprehend. So, so that's kind of the two ways you can go about it. I think specifically for people that are more on the creative mindset, that's definitely visually easier. And I'm not sitting there trying to figure out the mathematics. I'm good at math. I'm a baker. So naturally, like I do math all day. But at the end of the day, I just want to plug it in and be done. (laughs) So this is Go to NG. Anyways, moving right along. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the things you brought up, I think, is I'm going to die on this hill until 2027, maybe, is that in today's world of marketing, your 
putting a lot of eggs in a lot of baskets and you're all over the place. And I keep going on websites and they have forms that tie to all everybody's CRMs and they try to make this as easy and clean as possible. And it's always, how did you hear about us? And maybe that ties directly into, you know, your CRM only allows that one opportunity, but you know, I've tested this with a few different businesses and we switched it over to a checklist instead of how did you hear about us being like, where are all the places you heard about us? And putting all, you know, because maybe they've been following your Instagram and the venue referred them and they saw you at the wedding show and they met you at the open house. And so I think the numbers when it comes to marketing ROI specifically can be really skewed because they may have said, you know, I saw you on the national directory, which is great. But then they also have been following your Instagram and they've been looking at you in multiple places. And so it isn't a one and done anymore, right? When I started in the industry, we had magazines, wedding shows and referrals. And those were the three ways people could find us. And now there's 45 different things that you're doing. And so figuring out you know, not only using that last touch point to really figure out the time and energy because it gets a little warped when I run the stats this way because you're like that one lead found me in seven places, which is fine. But I feel like you get more realistic data of which marketing is cre- is getting you that ROI versus just that like one platform. Yeah, totally. And the, the fact of the matter is, is marketing is a is a game of touch points Mm -hmm. and you have to reach a certain threshold in order for someone to finally take an action. So that threshold is typically not just one friend or family member referred you or Mm -hmm. they saw you on a directory. It's there's all these things that are kind of building up and pointing people to your business that eventually it's like, oh, hey, that's, yeah, this is now the person that we need to contact. And so if you are the person who's doing 45 things, I'm pretty sure your goal is to maybe do like 35 things instead. And you figure out what those 35 things are versus the 45 by, you know, updating your contact form and, and capturing that information more like Shannon talked about versus making someone like shit or get off the pot on one option. Yeah, because it's the metrics get hard, right? Like it's, it's too, it's, you don't have the right data. So I'll give you years ago, I got so many lectures about Pinterest and was like, you're a directory and you blog and you have to pin and you have to pin and you have to pin. And so I paid somebody who knows a hundred times more than me, because this is my MO is throw money at the problem about somebody who knows their shit. So I found somebody who knows her shit and was like, one of the people lecturing me, I'm like, how much? You've got 120 days. How much in four months can you move the needle to prove to me I'm wrong? And so I spent the money because I, I didn't, I don't have time to dabble and I don't have time to learn it. So let me take somebody who knows how to do it. And we went all the way through. I'm like, now show me the local traffic that isn't bouncing off the site within two seconds. Cause I'm not a recipe that you stay on and you print the page, like show me. And at the end of the day, I had numbers and data to prove me correct. Like that it wasn't local traffic and I'm a local resource. I'm not a national blogger, national, national would do that. It would make sense. But as a local, I wasn't getting local traffic. I was getting people who liked one photo and clicked through and bounced. 
within like, cause I could check my analytics. But I think if you don't know to look at those things and you're not taking the time, you're made, that was, would have been wasted energy for me to be consistently doing that. Mm-hmm. So you got to like test it. I feel like, you know, and again, the data doesn't lie. I mean, even she came back and was like, well, damn, you were right. And I was like, don't you though, but, but you've Thanks got so it. Much for confirming that. You have to test it and, and try it. So what, so they build out this sheet and this, this spreadsheet of theirs. What are some things, if somebody's just getting started, that you think are, if, if there's like three things that they're like, damn, I really should be tracking these three things. And I should be looking at these numbers every month that are really the health of the business. You know, the lead sources and where people are coming from and how many people are, are, finding you that way is totally number one. The the marketer in me is saying that that's the number one thing to track because it is the question I get asked all the time. Taylor, where should I focus my time? And yep. it's like, uh, well, if we just track your numbers for like six to 12 months, we'll have the answer. Yep. And then we don't have to just keep taking these like wild stabs in the dark, right? Uh, keep throwing money at everything. Yes. Some people don't have money to, you know, just like throw out the problem all the time. It's always worth the experiment. If you do have some cash to throw out an experiment, by all means, I encourage it all the time. Yeah. But the goal is to spend, to thread the needle, right? To be as targeted with every resource that you put into marketing. And so at bare minimum, lead sources, how many books clients are you, or how many inquiries are you getting a month by lead source? For sure. The other one that we already talked about is the vomiting cat. I want everyone to start <laughs> tracking their cack uh, because that's Forever also... going to be called that now. Yes, the vomiting cat. I'm going to... That's going to live. <laughs> it's going to live forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and the reason that that's a really smart one to start tracking over time is because obviously you... You want that number to be as low as possible because that means your profit margin is going up, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's related to that. But also when you're trying to decide what's my marketing budget going to be, and that also typically sometimes for different or businesses of different sizes can impact who am I going to hire as a contractor to outsource something to, who am I going to potentially bring on as an employee, right? Because those things technically influence that that number. And so you just want to know, in general, how much do you need to spend as a business in order to win more business? And then what well, I'm kind of like, I don't know what the third one would be. Yeah, because resources, are, vomiting cats. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, this is a little bit of a curveball. It's not like the 101 level KPI, but I really like it is lead sources by lead sources and average booking value Mm, by lead source. So, you know, because most people, Shannon, your example, you need to be on Pinterest. Well, right. Those leads bring me $0, but my email marketing leads pay me buckets of money. Yeah. Again, another way for you to really hone in on what, what marketing channels are the place you should focus. Perfect example. Pinterest is for the 
the people getting married. And she is a resource for the people getting married, but the people that pay her are the people that are trying to advertise to the people getting married. So mm-hmm. it's, it's that's why it's a totally different market. You need to make sure you're actually targeting targeting your ideal clientele, people. Yeah, and I yeah. think that it's that when you're trying to figure out what to track, if you're just getting started, it's the same question when people come to me from a coaching standpoint, you know, and the venues call me and I'm like, well, you need help in one of three areas. You either don't have enough leads, your leads aren't converting to appointments or your appointments aren't booking. Like what of those three is the problem? Because where your challenges shifts where you have to be tracking. Because if they're like, oh, my leads aren't booking to appointments, I'm like, well, what's the quality of the lead and where is it coming from if it's not convert? Like, so it's figuring out in what area of the business are you, you know, is it not working? And looking at, I mean, the amount of times that I go into someone's Google Analytics and I'm like, your traffic numbers are I for new people hitting your website, but your website is not converting the lead. So something's wrong, missing, broken. We've got to clean up the site. And they're like, uh, like they're they're doing all these marketing behaviors that are getting them to a website that's now not doing its job, right? So it's not their number of leads is broken, but when I look at every other channel, I'm like, well, that all looks good. It's got to be the site. And analytics exists for you to be able to see that. But I think as a business owner or in today's world, you know, you have to, you have to become a marketing agency. I know that sounds awful to say, but if you're a one person show, you either have to find the money to pay someone else or you better learn this shit. Yep. 100%. I mean, I'm a one person marketing department for NG. Yeah. And because we, you know, we're a bootstrap startup, so we don't have money to hire a bunch of folks and it wouldn't even have a shot in the dark if I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and it is shocking to me that so many small business owners in the wedding industry and outside of the wedding industry somehow oh yeah this like weird mental gymnastics to convince themselves that like it's not their problem but guess what it is your these are your monkeys this literally your your problem yeah literally your problem and so i i vacillate between like putting on the soft kid gloves and be like let's do this like you can you know try to be nice about it and then me wanting to drop the hammer on folks but it is your responsibility if you want your business to succeed. Yeah. At a bare minimum, you need to be doing things like this because if well, you think don't... think about how many restaurants in the world open and close. I mean, we have had so many restaurants. Nobody ever even knows they're there. No one ever knew. And you're just like, there are so many opportunities to market your business and to put things out there and it can get overwhelming. And I don't believe you have to do all the things, but the things you're doing, the things you're doing, start something, but track track from the minute you start putting energy into it. One of my favorite statistics within my business that people always think is crazy is for years, I tried to get our social media content creators and managers to to engage on the platform to do engagement. And they went, I'm a content creator and they wouldn't do it. And so finally, one day I was like, 
you know, my 75 year old mother has asked me for 10 years how she can help in the business. And I'm like, Boozy doesn't know how to send an attachment, but she can scroll and like and comment on Instagram. And so I said, I figured it out. We sat down one weekend. I trained her how to do it. She just goes in. She goes to only to the people we're following and she comments and likes on things. And within 45 days, our engagement went up 1400%. And it was so dramatic. And like, even today at this brainstorm I was at, these vendors were like, oh my God, you, Shannon, you are so good. I was like, first of all, it's not me. It's my mom. Like, but it is like, there was data to say, is it worth when people are like, I'm like, if you do not have anyone on your team, whatever, scrolling, liking and commenting, fix it now. Like anyone in your life, any mom who stays at home, anyone in your grandmother can scroll, like, and comment. Like, because I had data to back the numbers that our engagement went up 1400% in 45 days. Like that's insanity. That is insanity. But you've got to have the data. Because I was like, well, let's let Boozy play and then we'll see what happens. You also don't know where the weak points are if you're not tracking it and you're just throwing spaghetti at the wall hoping something will stick. If you're not tracking your Instagram stories or your reels that you're making, you're spending hours making these Instagram reels, but people aren't even finding you there. They're actually finding you on a directory or they're finding you on, you know, somebody else's blog site. You and you're just going to keep making reels and wasting all this time thinking that you're going to build more of your industry. It's not, that's not how it works, guys. You have to track the numbers. But also when it comes to the marketing, especially because I am the small business of if I'm paying four different directories and I just keep throwing more money at them and this one's not working, the fourth, I'm pointing at my fingers. You guys can't see it. <laughs> if I'm playing four different places and one of them is not getting me any leads, if I just keep paying out and I'm not asking and I'm not tracking, then I'm just going to keep wasting that money instead of taking that snowballing it over to these other three that are paying me consistently. My two cents is the solopreneur. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's, da- it's, it's data related and it's not, most people don't start a business to run a business. They start a business because they're passionate about something and helping people, fun. giving to people, you know, especially on the wedding side, we like pretty things and we like to be a part of the best day of someone's life. And, but it's at that point where people either don't make it, they don't grow. Like they're like, I need to be doing more. And it's, when are you going to stop and look at the behaviors you're doing now? If there's validity to where you're putting your time and energy. We've also had those friends that they thought they needed to do more on a social media platform and they were stressed out and thought they had to hire somebody. And, you know, we had the conversation of, do you get most of your leads from there? Then why do you feel like you need to do better there? Where are the numbers? I need to see the, I need to see the spreadsheet. I need to see the NG app. I need to see. Yeah. Well, and that's for those of you that haven't seen NG, like Taylor, just give us a little bit of the background of like, it's N-G-E-N-J-I because you're hearing NG and you're like, how the hell do you spell that crazy word? It's like Google. She came up with a Google and it's called NG. And so, so tell us a little bit more like how it got built and like why and how it works for really that it's, it's built for the Vanessa's of the world. Yeah, you know, I my background is in marketing consulting and I've been working specifically and mostly in the wedding space since 2015. And I've been supporting wedding business owners on the marketing strategy side, answering that question, how how do I get my business in front of engaged couples mm-hmm. who are likely to give me money? 
And, you know, Angie is basically a COVID project gone super rogue, I guess in a good way. But yeah. And so really what I had the time to step back and think about during COVID was what are the common threads between what my clients at the time had been hiring me to do consistently, right? Like at that point for six years, what are the commonalities? And I finally put those puzzle pieces together. And I was like, well, shit, I think we could build software that does these things because I'm one person and I can't, I can't scale myself, right? I'm one human. Software scales infinitely. So why not turn Taylor's marketing consultant brain into software so that you as a small business owner can actually wrap your arms around your marketing the way a consultant would. So Mm -hmm. the core of it is, hey, no one has a marketing strategy, but that's the thing that everyone's looking for. Play a game of 20 questions with us. We will give you a marketing strategy. And then all these recommended tasks that are outlined and connected to your goals and objectives. And then we give you all the tools that you need to keep everything organized and actually start doing your marketing. Because when push comes to shove, like we said, this these are your monkeys. This is your circus. You have to do it. But no one has had an actual system that's meant for marketing before. We've all been piecemealing things together between, you know, our CRMs and our generic project management platforms and, you know, this, that, and the other. And marketing is confusing enough. So I felt like it was time to bring it all into one space. Yeah, and I think it controls from a time management perspective, saying like one of the most interesting questions as I was like creating an account just to get in there and play with it was like, how many hours a week can you spend on marketing? And so it was an interesting question because sometimes people will say to me, well, I only have like two or three hours a week and my brain wants to like bash like my head in because I'm like, you you should be spending more than three hours a week marketing your business. But But at the end of the day, if that's all you really have, realistically, how do you capitalize on it on a way that moves, you know, hits the KPIs that you're trying to do? And how do you even decide? I mean, the first time I heard KPIs, and I was like, oh, I need them. Like, a boss gave them to me and was like, here's your KPIs to achieve in your first 90 days. And I was like, oh, and I sat there and like three weeks later, I was like, what do KPI stand for? I didn't, I didn't know. And I'm definitely a fake until you make it, bitch. Like, I don't, like, I said, you're I'm, also the first person I know that's going to be like, I'm Googling that shit to figure this out. Yeah, but it just was like, I was like, okay. I remember I got invited to a PL meeting once and I, well, he was like, PL and PL. And we get to the end of the meeting. He's like, how was it? What'd you learn? What'd you think? Like, I just sat in a meeting that was way above my head. I'm like, it was really great. Um, what is PL? And he Who was is like, Roy? Oh. Who is Roy? And he was like, profit loss. I was like, oh, got it, got it. I mean, I know we looked at a lot of math today and I'm I'm here for it, but what actually is it? And so, you know, how do you, what are some of the like KPIs from a marketing standpoint that you think, Taylor, that business is tracking? I mean, I know we talked about a few to put on the spreadsheet like of things, but are there other things specific to platforms that make sense that like, what should you care about either on social media or email or web? I don't know. What kinds of things should we be tracking? You know, related to some of our conversation that we've already been having today, you know, figuring out where you have a leak in your boat, right? Where's the problem? Where are things not working? And there are different places within each marketing channel that 
you can track certain metrics to help you identify where you have a leak in your boat. And I think the easiest one is with advertising, digital advertising, just so that people can start to visualize this. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, if you're tracking how many impressions your digital ad is getting, you can understand how many people are seeing it. Then if you're tracking something like your click-through rate, you're understanding how many people saw your ad and were compelled to click through to the to the landing page. And if you don't have a solid percent, a, a solid click-through rate going on, then the leak in your boat is your ad creative because your ad is not interesting enough to get people interested, to right? To click. So there's that's a good example. Then the the second half of this is if you do have a good click-through rate from your ad, but then the click-through rate on your landing page or your conversion on that landing page is low, then you have a landing page problem. Uh Similar to the website one you talked about, where now you understand, okay, well, the top part of my advertising funnel is functional and it's doing its job, but then I get to the landing page and the landing page is shitting the bed. So I need to put some time, money, attention into fixing this. Um, So that's a good example of how you can look at one marketing channel, break it down into the pieces, and then start to identify, okay, well, how do I make sure that all of these pieces are working as they should? Yeah, and I think it's important. I mean, you can very basically Google what is an average click-through rate on a Facebook ad. Like there is, there's data. I remember I used to get so sad about my open rates and my click rates on email marketing. And then I, I was like, man, that's all I'm getting from that. And then I Googled what's the average or like what's expected. And it was... I was like quadruple what the standard of the industry is. And so I think it's knowing, finding those holes, but it's really knowing how do I, what's the average, what's expected and is, do I feel like the ROI for what I'm spending, is it driving actual leads that convert? Mm Because sometimes it's your sales that you suck at. I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but there's a lot of people who get, quantity of leads. And I've been coaching a caterer recently and I know he listens, so he's definitely going to give me shit, but I've been coaching him and it wasn't about quantity of leads. He's been planting seeds all over the place, doing all the things. He didn't have a process for selling. And so he didn't have a process for his email follow-ups. He wasn't using his CRM to his capability, max capability. And then, you know, the meeting would happen and he didn't have that systemized out to get exactly what he needed. And so all of that is like, I'm not getting good leads. And I'm like, you're getting good leads. You're just shitting the pot on the other side when you're working the lead. Hmm. Yep. There's, there's, everyone's got a leak in their boat somewhere. hundred percent. Myself included. I'm constantly experimenting and trying to figure out how do I tweak and refine different parts of my marketing. So I think it is important to layer over this, the fact that it's okay to fail. It's okay to have numbers that are not where you want them to be. That is part of this game and is part of the experiment. The, where you make a mistake is if you do nothing. Yeah, you said it, forget it. Yeah, like if you just think, oh, my website is built and then you walk away from it. Hi. Like I had this like last week. I I went onto a planner's website and it said now booking 2022. 
It was so bad. I mean, Vanessa, so, I, Vanessa and I, I are No one will ever see our texts back and forth because we no. get, we shit on so many people's no. stuff. It's so okay. bad. I was dangerous. Can you add me to that thread? Oh my God. Yeah. Thank you. Like, actually, like bad marketing in real life. Like this is just, what it looks like. You say set it and forget it. And you know, you think, oh, nobody actually does that. And then you go onto these people's sites and you're like, why, why does it say that? I mean, and it's a link from your email directly. Like, what are you doing? And it is like, I think that the hard part is, is, um, you know, I said this in a meeting today that larger scale companies set a budget for marketing and it's dollars and cents based. It's not emotion based at all. And so Mm -hmm. it is like, even as wedding venue map, if it's a venue that's privately owned and things like that, I know they're not looking at their click-throughs. They're not looking at their analytics. They're not. So we built the system on our side to be able to track it because in the beginning I didn't have that. And they would say, well, I didn't get anything from it. And I'd be like, damn, bitch, come on. Yes, you did. And then all of a sudden, when we started tracking it, I'm like 400 people last year went from my website to your website. You can't tell me that didn't convert enough to spend $1,000 a year marketing on this platform. Like, but I think it's really, it is, it does become one more thing to have to do, but it's the dollars wasted when you don't pay attention to the numbers and the time. It's the time and the dollars that you're wasting when you're not looking at it and when you're not paying attention. So how often do you think somebody should be checking their shit? Monthly. Monthly. I mean, it's simple. It's simple. I mean, in my world, the first day of the month is KPI day. We celebrate it. There's always happy KPI day content on the first day of the month. (laughs) (laughs) And really, you know, on that, so on February 1st, for example, I'm going to go back and I'm going to look at my January numbers and I'm going to drop them into my charts, right? And it takes me about 15 minutes. And I'm tracking, for NG, I'm tracking about a dozen, right? So 15 minutes for a dozen, right? Like that is totally doable, totally doable. For people who are larger organizations, maybe have like a proper department working on stuff, you might want to do it twice a month just because you have things move a little bit faster when you have more people touching marketing. But your average business owner, once a month is all you need. The asterisk on that is don't let this be like your bookkeeping where you don't do it for nine months and you're like fuck and then you try to catch up (laughs) and then you hate it right like don't do that it's a terrible terrible habit and routine so but monthly is totally totally all you need to do and I really like how earlier you said don't put so many things on there that it becomes a daunting task and then you overwhelm yourself that is so key to so many things in life but when you first start off don't put it as 35 different things because you know you're not going to keep up with it make it bite-sized do three at a time and then maybe do six and then maybe 12, but like do the most important ones. But I really liked when you said that earlier, because I refer that out when people like talk about adding on new services or working out, like don't change every fucking thing in your life. That's not how it works. When you change everything, then you hate everything. <laughs> like you just do one thing at a time. Well, is there one more before we head to wrap up? Is there anything else, Taylor, that you want to make sure that our listeners are considering thinking about when it comes to tracking their ROI? You know, the the thing that we haven't talked about is we've talked about, you know, finding 
problems and, and leaks in your boat. But mm-hmm. you definitely should be thinking about what are your business goals and what do you need to sometimes theoretically prove in order to know that you're making progress toward those goals? Or what do you need to know? Like, what are the the milestones and the targets that you need to hit to know that, hey, if in five years you want to sell your business, you know that you need to hit, hit these revenue numbers, and then you sort of like backtrack from there. Those are other examples of ways that you can look at KPIs to understand the health of your business that are really just going to help you un- like know hey, am I driving this bus in the right direction or not, right? So, you know, not not overly complicated, but your business goals do touch every aspect of your business, right? Marketing, sales, operations, they're everywhere. So your KPIs also should be in alignment with those. Mm, I like that. I think that's a good one. Well, Taylor, where can people learn more about Engie? You know, I am a geriatric millennial, so you will find me on Instagram. (laughs) I'm not, I mean, NG has a TikTok account, but I'm just repurposing content. We are also geriatric millennials, so. Um, I will, I am, I'll go full Gen X when it comes to social media and I'm a preferred Facebooker. So let's not, I I know, I'm an old lady and I love me some faceplates. Love me some Oh, yeah. So um, you'll definitely find NG on Instagram and our handle is at ENJI underscore co. And our website is ENJI.co. But, you know, I'm, I spend too much time on my phone and on the interwebs. So people can find me there. And I'm always up for a good talk shop conversation. Like my husband wants to cover your belly buttons when she does it. Yes. Yes. Go in ready. If we're just meeting, I'll have the soft kid gloves on. (laughs) But if I know you, I'm going for the jugular. So if she knows you, she's taking off the soft kid gloves and putting on the boxing gloves. Okay. Just as a pre-warning. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I'm just like, I'm going for it. I'm going for the jugular. And if you don't like it, it's not my problem anymore. Shannon just walks up to you open-handed and just bitch slaps you in the face. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. get your shit together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all right so at the end of each episode we like to do what we call swag shit we all get and give you three action items to put on your to-do list this week all right i'm going number one um choose three things to start tracking if you're one of those business owners who's like i've done nothing and i've tracked nothing when it comes to my marketing and you know just choose three places where you're investing either a lot of time or a good amount of money and start figuring out what are the metrics and start tracking those three. I feel like that's a safe space to start. That's my first one. What do you got, Nessa? Little, little bites. Find the leak in your boat. So perfect example, your digital advertising. Track your metrics. One, your impressions. Two, your click-through rate. Or is it your ad creative? Are you, Where are you shitting the bed? Find it. Do it. And my number three is actually surprising because I rarely do this on the podcast, but I think you should go check out NG because as someone who's actually gone in and played with it, um, my marketing team is a little bit advanced for the product. Taylor and I talked about it, that like I have bodies and people and different hands and different things. That's not what NG was built and created for. But I do believe that for so many 
businesses in the wedding and event industry, you know, which is our listeners, that it is built, it's the marketing manager you wish you had. It's like putting Taylor in your pocket in a way that it asks you such basic questions to help guide you. I mean, it's literally like a, a silly quiz when you're getting started that you just walk your way through. So go and check out NG. Like see, I think there's like a two-week free trial or whatever, but go in there, test it out, play around with it, do it on a week. You've got a little bit more time, less events that week and go play with it and see if it's something in a place that you can be consistent because I know that you need this tool so badly, so badly. It's the solopreneur. I wholeheartedly agree, especially if you're creative because I have a spreadsheet, but I hate spreadsheets. This is so much easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you feel like this podcast helped your business, got you thinking, or we potentially made you laugh and ripped off the bandaid off your belly button. Ooh, follow, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes dropping every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much, Taylor, for joining us today. And go make epic shit happen.